Hello and welcome to another episode of The Simpsons. Not a Simpsons podcast. Uh, I'm Caitlin. I'm Mina. This week we're going camping. I hope you packed your bags and a tent and bear spray and all of the other things that are necessary when one goes camping. And a husband to boss you around and uh, put up the tent. And a husband to boss you around and a sister-in-law. So Nick and Jessica go camping with Drew and his wife, Leia, which is very exciting because we haven't met Leia yet. I feel like we still haven't really met Leia at the end of this. <laughs> no, no, not really. She's really, um, she's a, an ally to Jess throughout the episode, and uh, that's all we really know about her. I have Googled her, and she was Drew's childhood and high school sweetheart, and they are still married with two kids. They run a performing arts camp in Cincinnati, Ohio, which I think is pretty cool. And so this is our first introduction to her. And one of the first things we hear her say is, well, no, Jess and Leah are talking about how they want to get massages while they're at the campsite, really have a nice relaxing weekend. And then they're in the car on the way to their camping trip. And Leah says to Drew, don't be fatherly on this trip. And he says, don't act like a child on this trip, which... First time I heard that, I thought that was Nick and Jessica talking, but it was Leia and Drew, so... Yeah, it easily could have been Nick and Jessica. It, yeah, it's so interesting because it's the exact same relationship dynamic between Drew and his wife, who, and, like, Leia is also, like, beautiful and blonde and wearing some really great early aughts footwear, some Ugg. Her and Jessica are, like, dressed the same, and Drew and Nick look the same, so it's this really strange, like, funhouse mirror version of Nick and Jessica. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, another thing about Leia is that, wait, did I say she was the choreographer of 98 Degrees? Oh no, yeah. So that, well, there's there's a fun another fun fact for you there is that, so she's also involved in, you know, the industry, um, similar to Jessica, um, except she's a choreographer. So she's obviously talented too, a talented dancer. It, I wonder, you know, I wonder if it runs in the family. I wonder if their father, John Lachey, was anything like that with his uh, wife, so... Lots of, um, as you remarked earlier, there's lots of gender happening in this episode. They get to the campsite. The boys are putting together the tent. They're doing all this hard work. Jess and Leah are just having chips and beer. Then the tent gets put up and Jess goes in for like a nice little nap. She remarks that she's like tired already. And Leah joins her in the tent. I don't know if they're napping or just watching the boys put up another tent and get wood and stuff. Watching them cut wood without an axe. It's so funny because the episode is, I feel like it's trying to like construct Nick as this outdoorsy guy who like knows about camping and didn't bring a fucking axe with him. Come on. Come on. Yeah, it's like this very silly scene of them like really trying to like chop this wood and like they're pull it apart with their hands. Yeah. And all the while like this weird music plays again. So like in the first episode where like this, we had this like ominous music with the with the laundry and the laundry became you know, a character. We have this really like campy, almost hoedown music. It sounds like an electric piano, like keyboard preset, like some kind of free download you buy online that's really bad. And it just like, you know, really sets the scene for this like really weird wood gathering scene. Yeah, it's really strange. And it's like the whole time the girls are just like, Eh, the boys like doing that, so we'll let them. Like Nick and Drew can complain all they want that like the girls aren't helping, but like they love it. They're loving it. Men love nothing more than building a fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, d yeah, building a fire, doing something with their hands, like flexing their muscles while they do it, and then just like being like, 
oh, look at all this hard work I've done and no help from my woman over here. Or like, you know, pretending that it's like such a burden, but like all the while they're like proud to like perform this like masculinity for their, it's like a, it's like their peacock dance, you know? Absolutely. Oh my God. I was once trying to start a campfire with like me and my friend and our boyfriends and we just like could not start the fucking fire. So my friend finally just went and asked uh, like an adjacent site for you know, some firewood or whatever, they gave up, they're like, you can have our fire spot. It's all, it's warm. It's great. And the boys were still over at the other site trying to light this fucking fire. Cause it's just like a thing of pride for men. They have to light a fire. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I can relate to the men in that, in that manner. I can relate a little bit. I, j I feel like because I no longer live in Alberta, but I'm from there, I have something to prove about my ability of, like, being, like, not metropolitan. Right, yeah. Yeah, being a little more, uh, a little more outdoorsy, a little more lumberjacky. yeah. Yeah, 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 dating girls from, like, Toronto and being like, I know how to light a fire. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I realized watching this, though, that, like, seeing men, like, pack a car for camping and then the girls having to pee a lot on the way to camping was just, like, triggering me and reminding me of my childhood of going camping <laughs> and my dad packing the van at, like, 6 in the morning. Yeah, 100%. I, uh, oh, man. I'm with you on that one. We used to go to the mountains. There's this, like, lodge for people with disabilities and they're, like, families and, and senior citizens. And my brother is visually impaired, so we'd always, like, go to this lodge mm -hmm. um, out in, like, Kananaskis, which, of course, is, like, a five, six-hour drive, you know, but, like, with, like, young children, it takes a whole day to get there because mm -hmm. you have to stop and pee all the time. But, like, yes, I definitely required a lot of bathroom stops, but my brother was worse because he'd be like, I don't need to pee. And, oh, you know, when we'd have, like, when we'd be at the pit stop and then, you know, we'd be, like, halfway between pit stops and he'd be like i have to pee so bad yeah. <laughs> i'll never forget like him like and not even bothering to go in the bushes he's like on the side of the road just like pissing no. into the ditch and like a like two whole tour buses going by and people like faces up against the window just like grinning like look at this child pissing in the street <laughs> 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 he was like a teenager so he was really embarrassed when we told him but because he has his back to them he doesn't right. know but oh man yeah i think about that too often that's so funny we camped a lot closer to edmonton but it's still I, we would always there'd be like four yeah. stops on the trip to you know like gull lake I think, like, you know, and I've taken, like, the, the Greyhound, rest in peace, Greyhound Ottawa Station. It's been closed forever now. But um, I used to take the, the, the Greyhound from Ottawa to Toronto all the time. And, like, it only stops once. And to me, oh, that's, God. like, such a tragedy. Because, like, it's not even that I need to pee, like, a million times during the trip. And the bus has a, a, True, a bathroom yeah. if I wanted to. It's just, you know, you want to get out and stretch your legs. You want to admire. You want to, like, go buy snacks. Yeah. Enjoy the trip. <laughs> Yeah, something That's about, long, you know... Isn't that a long drive? It's like five and a half hours, five hours. If it's longer than Edmonton to Calgary, it's far to me. No, Edmonton to Calgary is like, what, it's like two, it's like, two hours if you drive fast. <laughs> <laughs> makes me so nervous when people say that. <laughs> <laughs> My best friends lived in, in Calgary, and I was like, man, it's like four hours to get to you. And she's like, no, it's two hours. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I, like, definitely took a day trip once to sure. uh, Drumheller. Like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> we were, like, 18, you know, recently sure, graduated. Sure, going 200 like, on, the <laughs> on the highway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Going 200 on the highway and then, like, getting into, like, Oh, like really aggressive truck, you know, like truck drivers and stuff totally, too. Like, yeah. I was very scared at one point. These these men were well. Anyway, I just had us caged in behind a, a big truck. Oh god, it was bad. That's yeah, so, so scary. Well, and it's because you know we were all being like dumb, young, and aggressive, of and course. like giving people the middle fingers. <laughs> like, Classic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, I can drive faster than you. Fuck you, man. And then. <laughs> So, I mean, now we've established that we are real people who have been camping mm-hmm. inherently outdoorsy because we're from Alberta. I feel like we could talk now about yeah. like the, I mean, mainly the burping. So much <laughs> like burping. echoing burping. <laughs> yeah, five minutes in, five minutes into the episode, Jessica lets out this really loud and like long burp too, like really. It goes and goes. It just goes and goes. Because, like, the boys have been setting up at tent, like, camp, and the whole time she's just drinking beer and eating chips with Jess, or with Leia. Yeah, and it's just, like, all this, like, means of showing us that, like, Jessica's, like, just a normal girl who has put out three albums (laughs) and is being followed by a TV camera all the time, like, but she's just, like, we're drinking Miller Lite, just like the rest of America. Exactly like you and I. And reading Danielle Steele, just like the rest of America. Yeah, you did some research. I did some research. Yeah, Drew, so Drew's complaining about, like, how hot it is, and the girls are wearing sweatshirts, and Jess is like, no, it's, like, 50 degrees. Nick is like, well, we're working hard, and Jess is like, yeah, we do nothing around here. We read Danielle Steele. And I was like, okay, she's name-dropping this woman. Who is she? So I Google Danielle Steele. Okay, um, if you have the time, please read her her Wikipedia page. This woman has written uh, over 180 books, and, like, at least 140 of them are novels. She's the best-selling author alive and the fourth best-selling fiction author of all time, with over 800 million copies sold. She produces several books a year, often juggling, like, five projects at once. This woman has been married five times, so she mostly writes, like, romance novels, like, romance and contemporary. She's written a few children's novels. She's written some, like, poetry, but, like, mostly she's she's writing romance novels. So she was, like, married to her first husband when she started, you know, like, writing. I think she was a, a journalist. She was she wanted to start writing a, a book about, based off of, like, this, like, a prison romance, basically. So she interviews this man, Danny Zugelder, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but she so she's interviewing uh, him as he's like an inmate, and then while well, he was incarcerated, and then when then she she like divorced her husband, then this prison inmate was paroled, so he moves in with her during that time, but then he returned to prison on robbery and rape charges, and then they married in a prison canteen. And then a few years, like three years later, she divorced him. But because of that relationship, she has, uh, she spawned Passion's Promise and Now and Forever, which are like the novels that launched her career. The day after she, her divorce with Zoo Gelder was finalized, she married her third husband, William George Toth, and she was already eight months pregnant with his child. So this woman is like very active and very busy, not only in writing novels, but in finding and leaving husbands. 
So... (laughs) (laughs) Chaos queen. (laughs) Yeah, she really, you know, has gotten herself around. So she divorced her third husband in March of 1981 and... She married her f- fourth husband also in 1981. Um, and he adopted one of her children from her previous marriage. They had another five children. She has like nine kids total. She's been in the Guinness Book of World Records. Then she eventually divorced this man and married another man and then divorced him. And now she's unmarried still to this day. So I There's think time. she's alive. There's time for if more anyone- husbands. <laughs> Well, you know, maybe she'll take a sugar baby on. I'm I'm looking, so. <laughs> maybe she wants to change things up, change her genre. She wants to learn a little bit about. Gotta tap into that, that market. Yeah, tap into the market. I think it would be, you know, I think it would be the next great thing for her. But Danielle Steele, you know, you know how to reach me. If you want to write some queer stories, let me know. <laughs> Based off of some real life experiences, you know, I'm sure we could have a great time. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) I've made it weird. (laughs) I love the concept of a like 79 year old author listening to this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what she does in her spare time. She's also responsible for for 25 movies. So 25 of her books has been adapted. This woman is. She's too rich to listen to a podcast, I think. Rich people don't listen to podcasts. I feel like it's exactly no. the type of bullshit that um, Elon Musk listens to podcasts for sure. Like self-help or like, yeah, or himself on Joe Rogan. Back to the camping trip. Uh, <laughs> back to the camping trip. Yeah, like there's just like a voiceover of like Nick at one point. He's like talking to the, not even a voiceover. It's like him talking to the camera. He's like, I don't think Jess likes camping. And then he talks about like, you know, um, how much he loves camping and like whatever. And then there's more Jess burping during dinner. Leia says that she burps a lot, and then she's like, "Yeah, she burps as much as Drew farts." So like, so much burping and farting in this episode. Like they're just, they're just like the rest of us. Some of them have troubling intestines, you know, which I think a lot of us can relate to. Totally. Yeah. There's also like a lot more, uh, you know, bleeps and and swearing in this episode, and I do wonder if it's like because Joe and Tina aren't there, like not having this like hovering influence of Joe and mm-hmm. Tina on the episode. Like I was thinking, like I feel like even though like like Nick and Jessica are like um, bickering so much in this episode, like there's no one to like gang up on Jessica with like they're kind of like evenly matched for the first time like because Jess has such an ally in Leia so I feel like the the fights are escalating less without Joe and Tina there and maybe yeah they're also letting loose a little bit more so they're burping more I guess and saying fuck yeah I think like yeah definitely having having her parents not there might be one of the influences of like all the all the extra cursing it could also just be that like you know camping brings it out on you you know like brings it out of you just you know you're in the you're in the wilderness you're doing uh wood chopping with your bare hands it's just like such a such a manly time and experience the the swear words just pour out of you speaking of bare hands there's allegedly a bear in the woods in this episode allegedly i feel like the bear kind of becomes a character the way like the laundry became a character in episode one and maybe because I'm a, a a dumb blonde at heart like Jessica, I I felt like there were real stakes, like there could really be a bear. 
I really just thought they were just trying to scare Jessica. I feel like it was like them being like, oh, you've never camped before. You've never been in the wilderness. So let's scare you with this tale of a bear. But right. Yeah, because there's that scene where they're like they're like going to the ba- their bathroom at night and it's like it's like the night vision. It looks like the Blair Witch Project. And then they they hear like something in the woods and then it's just Drew like screwing with them. <laughs> Yeah, like, the the girls are, like, holding on to each other, clutching to each other as they, like, go to the bathroom and they're, like, really scared about this, like, potential bear. They're, like, scared about being in the bathroom and they're scared about everything. Even though there's, like, a four-person film crew right behind them. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, and then Drew, like, jumps up on them and they, you know, they both scream really loud, of course, and... There's, there's a lot of bear talk. And for me, I really just read it as them just trying to make her scared. But that's maybe that's just my own experience with bears. So Fair. I kind of thought it was maybe like a, a way to, to give the show some like real life stakes. Because, because this episode is so plotless in so many ways. It's definitely one of the funnier episodes. Like there's a lot of these like funny one-liners. And I think like the dynamics between the two couples are so fun to watch um because they're such funhouse mirror versions of each other but i don't know i thought that the bear gave it a little bit of plot definitely the bear gave it a little bit of plot i um there's this yeah there's this whole thing with like you know they need to they need to lock up their food and like you know because what if the bears you know and oh maybe there's been a bear sighting recently so and like oh jess you can't even like you can't even have your shampoo with you you can't leave anything in the vehicle you have to lock it in the bear box and hang it from the tree and this whole thing and um you know, and then, like, the next day, Leia was, like, not Jess's ally in this situation because she was just like, well, Nick, you're going to be mad when you hear that Jess had her bag with her in the in the tent all night. And Nick gets really mad and he's just like, even your shampoo, like, the, the bears will smell that and they'll come for you. And he's like, you know, she's like, well, the bears didn't. He's like, but they could have. And they're like, you know, kind of like fighting over that a little bit. But she had to have her Louis Vuitton bag with her. She had, to have, yeah, her pet Louis, as she calls it. Honestly, her watching her love that Louis Vuitton bag so much, even though it's so it's such a an early two thousands bag, like the white with the multicolored uh, logo. It's so early two thousands, but she loves it so much. I'm like, I kind of want one. I definitely have like knockoff versions of it from Claire, like you know, when they would make things in the style of like Coach and Louis Vuitton bags. I had so many of those. <laughs> no, not for me. I uh, I have like a, I have a knockoff like coach purse, I think, that my like cousin bought me for my, like a graduation gift. And she was like, oh, it's like such a, a convincing fake that it has like this special thing that like only the real ones get. And I was like, I know nothing about this, but like, <laughs> thank you. It has like a fake serial number or something in it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And I'm like, I, maybe I'm just too butch to really care about this coach purse. It's a nice purse. It's like well made, you know, it's like fits. A, I think it'll fit my laptop into it. But I'm like, I have no desire to like go buy one of the real ones, especially not that early 2000s purse. The color, the white with the colorful. So ugly. I, it's insane that she took it camping too. like to own to own a white purse in general. I think it's a little unrealistic, but to then take it out into the woods yeah but rich people do shit like that so like i okay yeah like i was thinking this like do you think they actually slept in the tent overnight oh uh, maybe i think so i i don't think that they would have made it yeah because it's this isn't like this isn't the kardashians i think that they probably did sleep in the in the tent overnight i think that they were 
Yeah. You know, because you do see the trailers in the background, but I, that's for the camera people, the crew people, I'm sure. Yeah, I just wondered because, like, it's it's it seems so crazy now to think of a celebrity sleeping in a tent at all, even if they're super outdoorsy. I like just don't buy it, but but I think at like this stage of reality TV, and I also like the kind of especially the the persona that Nick is cultivating. I think it really makes sense, and it is kind of this like like a simple life thing of being like Jessica can't handle what real people do, just sleep in tents. <laughs> well, yeah, and she complains about being like really sore and really tired and stuff like that, and like. Yeah, if you haven't slept on the ground at all or in a really long time, you know, like camping like that can like, you know, make your body feel a little weird if you're used to sleeping on like a really nice bed and stuff. So so Jess, um, after like dinner, and Jess is like clearly drunk at dinner too. The first night, she's had so many beer. Like you see her drinking beer on camera a few times, but then she's like being like really like kind of slurring her speech and being really silly. And then... Um, she says, I'm scared for what's going to happen in the tent tonight. I have a lot of bubbles in my tummy. And then Leia's like, are you going to fart a lot? And she's like, no, it's just air. <laughs> it's like, that's that's what that's what farts are. like. That's what farting is. Yeah. I feel like this scene of her being like so drunk is like a little darker in retrospect because she was like an alcoholic at one point and had this like really um horrifying interview actually on Ellen where she was drunk during the interview and Ellen is just like making fun of her and like how stupid she is. I would say watch it. It's kind of upsetting, but Jessica is still like this really charming person and like really trying to get on Ellen's good side. But Ellen is like, I know I shouldn't ask you about numbers. Like <laughs> Ellen stopped real short of calling her like a very... <laughs> a very mean word like but it it makes me uh a little sad in retrospect to wonder if maybe this was like the beginning of that kind of struggle for her yeah I wonder because she makes a comment too about um something or other would be worse if she was hung over like I think the tr- the drive over to the campsite where they're talking about something and she's like no it's like fine it would be worse if I was hung over yeah that is such a strange comment maybe a more sober person wouldn't really bring up I don't know it's kind of strange I just read that as like Jess is like 22 and she's been very very sheltered and in the U.S. the drinking age is 21 so like you know for us we can legally start going out drinking when we're 18 in Alberta and Quebec but I very much believe yeah she absolutely probably started when she was 21 and and so you see like a lot of like you know people stars but also just like you know like good Christian girls like her who like, you know, they don't, they don't have a sip until they're like 21 at least. And then, you know, now she's a married woman. She can kind of do what she wants. Yeah. I think there's a lot there. And I guess now that I know a little bit more about Jessica and her uh, difficulties with addiction, I feel like that will color maybe a bit of the viewing experience of this show. I think Um, probably more into the later seasons, but yeah, now she's probably just like excited to, to drink a beer and not, you know, get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, like have a few, you know, have a few beers. They kick back there in the country. They're camping there, you know. So there's this like they go to like go hiking. Um, but Leia's like, nah, I don't want to do anything strenuous. Neither does Jess. Like they're they're both kind of like, eh, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> they're like, maybe today's a drive around day. Tomorrow's a hiking day. And I genuinely thought that they wouldn't end up hiking the next day, but but they did. And the girls are like moaning. There's like the, oh, there's this comment about dresses, like, yeah, my dad always used to take the the youths out to, on this like backpacking hiking trip. And 
Leah was like, oh, like, how did it go? And Jess was like, oh, like, I, I didn't go. I never passed the test. I think my dad knew I'd be complaining. Uh, and then, like, the editing, very obvious editing cut to, like, Jess and Leah just complaining about everything. She wasn't missing out. I, I hated those, like, camping Christian trips. <laughs> They're so miserable. <laughs> You're just, like, canoeing and talking about Jesus. <laughs> it's terrible. She also refers to herself in like the span of like a one or two sentences. She refers to herself as a pig and a whale. And then then later on, like I think they're like eating dinner or something. She refers to herself as a pig again. And then that night they at the campfire, they they play. This is like the really big kind of drama that happens in this episode is they they play the game, the book of questions. And so Drew pulls out this book and the first question is, uh, would you rather have the last 30 years of your life? Would you rather have the body or mind of a 30 year old? Um, And Jess says body and Drew says brain. Yeah, Jess says it immediately too. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, she's like, well, yeah, because she knows she's been taught from like, you know, a young age that her body will is all she needs to get by. Right. So totally. Yeah. I think she she also says something funny. I think she says, like, people just like old people. You don't need to be smart or something. Like, people just think you're sweet. They'll help you or something, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, yeah. That was really sweet, too. Yeah. No. So, yeah, then the next question is, like, if you had the choice to meet your perfect love, the love of your life, and you knew you'd only have six months with them because they either die or betray you, would you then choose to still meet them? And Jess immediately says yes to like both and Nick says no to both she says yeah like I'd still want to be with my perfect love even if he dies six months later I'd still want to be with him even if he betrayed me six months later and Nick says no to both and then just Jessica pouts Nick says she's making personal Jess and Leia at the same time are like it is personal like they both yell at him like Leia's mad too she's invested she's on Jessica's side like she's their team Jessica all the way I love that moment of the girls yelling the same thing at the same time it's it's just ugh. It's so good. In the same tone, too. That's feminism to me. It's great. I, I absolutely love that, you know, we finally see Jess ha- really having someone batting in her corner, like, with her. But then, like, Nick Nick won't refer to Jess as his, like, hypothetical love of his life. Like, he's like, no, it's like, you know, this, like, hypothetical. And Jess is like, it's me. You're, you know, like, I'm the love of your life. And he's like, fine. Yeah, like, you know, and he, like, relents and is just, like, basically, like, yes. Sh- yeah, fine. Okay, like fine you're the love of my life <laughs> if if hypothetically you're the love of my life then yes i would want to meet you even if you die six months later or you know betray me it's, it's such a like he's being shitty for no reason there you know like i think like nick is just so much more like cynical and kind of like showbiz like he's like no this is not the love of my life <laughs> like you kn- which i mean anytime celebrities get married it's especially when you're filming your whole marriage uh you're gonna get divorced but that i mean you shouldn't probably shouldn't say that to your your sweet little 22 year old wife (laughs) yeah like i get it he's like 29 he's like probably been through many women before her you know as we see referenced in his whole mattress stain situation in episode one we know that he's like lived life as a bachelor and dated you know around it makes sense that he's like kind of cynical but it's really like it's really shitty yeah that you, you just see him be so like well, you know, he won't even see Jess as his hypothetical up of his life. He's, like, taking himself out of that relationship for this one dumb question that he could, like, easily just lie for, right? You know? Just lie. Just lie, man. <laughs> yeah. Just lie to appease your partner if you if you really don't... If, 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 if you 
won't give her that much on this like dumb hypothetical question on like a camping trip while you're drinking like you know like yeah it's very clear from like if it wasn't clear at all in their relationship in the first two episodes that like this is not going to last it's very clear in that moment to me anyway well yeah and then there's the part i think it's still when they're playing the game or maybe a little before but yeah no it's the next it's the next question yeah, the next question is, is there anyone you envy enough to switch lives with? Right. And so he hesitates and then Jess gets hurt again. And she says that he's making her feel small. She says, you're making me feel about this big. Um, and then he says, well, no, I was just going to joke and say Bruce Willis. Right. Yeah. But then he says, but, you know, I get to fuck Jessica Simpson. So, like, I want to be me. <laughs> yeah. Drew, Drew, like, stokes the fire. He's like, yeah, you'd get to fuck Demi more. And Nick was like, no, well, I get to fuck Jessica Simpson. I find such a funny, like, interesting statement. Like, for the, the time that, the hell was it? It was 2003, right? Like, like Demi Moore is a huge, like, one of the sexiest women is this huge star. And Jessica Simpson is, like, just on the start of her come up, you know? I feel like it's, like, partially, like, Nick constructing Jessica as, like, what she will become, which is, like, a sex symbol, you know? Like, he's like, no, I have something just as good, you know? And he's kind of, like, fetishizing her, like, future fame that doesn't exist yet in this really weird way um, as her husband. <laughs> like, he just sees her as this, like, this, like, prize who is also, like, his little project. I don't know. It's very, it's very dark. <laughs> yeah, no, very. But um, the other, the other comments, the other part of, like, him saying, no, but I get to fuck Jessica Simpson is that, like, Jessica's, we know, we know from the very first episode that Jessica was a virgin before him. So he gets to fuck Jessica Simpson. No one else is fucking Jessica Simpson. Oh, God, that's such a good point. Yeah. It's a gross comment to make regardless, you know, and I think he's trying to, like, you know, be like, because first of all, Drew should not have made that Demi Moore comment at all. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, really shitty of Drew. Um, especially after Jessica said that, like, that he's making her feel so small. Drew just, like, adds, stokes the fire out there. It's not nice. Um, and then they're, like, bickering and whatever after he says that, you know, that thing about, but I think it's almost like he's just, like, you know, he's propping Jessica up as, like, this, this thing that belongs to him. But then also, like, I don't know, did, in his mind, did he think that would make her feel better? Because of course it wouldn't, like. No, of course it makes her feel like like a, a little like Barbie doll for him. And I think we were talking about this earlier, like like Drew is is such a, a dickhead in this episode, like as much as Nick is. The Demi Moore comment kind of makes me wonder how much of that is like is or what it was like organic and how much of it was like a producer whispering in Nick's ear, we need a little more conflict out of Nick and Jessica. Drew can kind of facilitate it's and it's so hard to tell what is real and what is what are their real personalities and what is uh manipulation because this is such an early reality show it's so hard to tell yeah it is it is and i think like the thing is that that we see drew from that point like drew's already kind of rude he gets meaner from that point on because then it's it's the next day well no it's later that night that he surprises them at the that he tries to scare the girls it's like almost right after because he as they're bickering, he like lightens the mood by changing the subject to the bear again, like bringing up the bear, making, you know, bringing that scare in, whatever. And then it's like the next day that Drew starts being really mean to Leia. Like Leia had called had the day before had said that she had cramps. And so 
Like they were, they called them the, uh, Drew said something about them being the crabby girls and then he called them the crampy girls. And then, um, and then next day, like Leia asks Drew to make her a sandwich and he's being like really mean about it. And then he calls them, he calls Jess and Leia the PMS girls. So chat. They're so childish. They're so childish. Oh my God. If a man talked to me that way and, and we're like the same, like we're the same age as Nick and Drew. They're so, they're so childish. Hey, listen, even if I was seven years younger than my than my partner and they talked to me that way, I'd still be pissed. I, I, I don't let it, I don't want anyone talking down to me. Like, especially not a partner. No, it's so shitty. No, yeah. But uh, no one's ever watched a reality show about a happily married couple. Yeah, so, so yeah, so, so Drew calls them the P- PMS girls and then there's this whole weird conversation about, this might have even happened the day before, but like Nick is like checking his whole body for ticks and there's this weird conversation about like checking like his penis for ticks and like he's like ah oh, they're you know they're tricky they get anywhere. Um, I don't think Jess is checking her body for ticks, so I just want to live in the alternate universe where um, Jess is the one who got Lyme disease and got a body double replacement uh, instead of Avril Lavigne. Oh, we didn't talk about um, another moment of Nick being super condescending um, about Jessica using one of her uh, SAT words. When she says, I'm being facetious. Yeah, yeah, they're hiking, Earth, and, and, uh, she's, yeah, she says, she, she says something facetious, and he says, nice word, babe. And she's like, yeah, grown up right before your eyes. And then she just says facetious so much on the trip, and then he just gets, like, really irritated about it. And then she's like, well, it's better than saying sarcastic. Everyone says sarcastic. <laughs> I'm not like other girls. Sarcastic is so yesterday. Nick is also a jerk while they're hiking because they see a very large shirtless man on the trail. They say, Nick is like, oh, hey, nice day or something. And they don't respond. He's like, oh, they don't speak English. So like in basically in front of these people, this large shirtless man, he's like, well, we've seen our first bear, which is so rude. Both of the girls are like, Nick. So rude. But it was so funny. Usually Nick's meanness bothers me that I was like, okay, I gotta laugh. The guy's face was blurred out. It's okay. Yeah, his face was blurred out. You just see this this large shirtless man. And just like, what is stunning to me is that like, he like, they don't respond to him. And he's just like, oh, well, they don't speak English, I guess. Um, And then just just says something rude in front of them while these people stop and stare at them. And I'm like, did they not understand you? Or were they shocked because there is a whole camera crew behind you while you're hiking. Like, it was just... Literally. <laughs> That's much weird, more likely. That was so early. Like, they weren't famous yet. They're probably looking at them like, why is why are these cameras following these random normal people? Anyway, yeah. I feel like that pretty much brings us to the end of uh, the episode. As they're driving away, Jessica says, next time we're going to Hawaii. Yeah, she's like, she's tired. She wants to, like really get a nice massage her she's all sore she's yeah next time we'll go to hawaii although the thing right before that is that the the guys are camping up and the the girls are like we just they like doing this we let them do it to just just to full circle of the men at the beginning of the episode doing things because they want to the girls the girls know this they're like they like doing this so we just let them and they walk away i think they i think they're like arm in arm too nick uh jess and leia but maybe they aren't but they're like very clutching to each other and and then Nick says he has a five-year plan to rid Jess of her spoiledness. And then they drive off and she says, yeah, next time Hawaii. Yeah, should we give this episode a rating? Yeah, I, I'm going to give this this one like four burps out of five, I think. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a 
five Drew masquerading as a bear out of five. This is my favorite favorite episode of this season for sure. It's just a really fun fun episode uh, with so many quotable moments. Thank you, and thanks again to our lovely, amazing sound editor, sound designer, Kanika, who's going to have a great job of editing down this very long episode. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Not a Simpsons Pod. Tweet at us. Cool. All right. Bye. <laughs>